Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 26, 2016, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 64, the last paragraph. Today's readers are Amanda R. on the 12 Steps, Naomi B. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Deanna B., Alice M., and Janice M. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, May 25th, is 8769. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amanda R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Amanda R. I'm a recovering compulsive eater in Maine. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, committed to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take a personal to continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, I pass. 
Thank you, Amanda R. And I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our group purpose, oh, I beg your pardon, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself and our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted service. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in manners affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater while who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should <clears throat> excuse me, remain forever non-professional, but our service center can employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve for. Sorry. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, every reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. Okay. Um our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is, um, there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 64, the last paragraph, uh, beginning resentments are the number one offender, and I will ask Deanna B. to read two paragraphs, and comments will be on the second paragraph. Thank you, Kathy K. This is Deanna B. Uh, grateful recovered for today. Compulsive overeater from Chicago. Resentment is the number one offender. 
It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stems all forms of spiritual disease, for we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambition, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burned up. On our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sexual sex relationships? which had been interfered with. That's a lot is said in that, those two paragraphs. That last little paragraph on our pledge list, um, was it our self-esteem, how I feel about myself, our security, and it says in the paragraph before our pocketbooks, but it's not only that, it's how safe do I feel. It may have nothing, probably probably has nothing to do with money. I know for me it didn't. When I first looked at this, it was looked like Greek to me. And so I just didn't do it. I set it aside, um, and I did the fourth and fifth years ago with other things. And it wasn't in television for you that I was, uh, I began, I began to understand I had many struggles with my first guy and uh, my sponsor after that about how to fill this out. How does what does it affect? You know, my self-esteem means how I feel about myself, and uh, and I just took I used the resentment form uh, for a tenth step, and when something. It irritates me when there's something out of control. I think somebody's unmuted. Uh, when something's out of kilter, you know, I'm disconnected from my higher power. And when any one of my instincts have gone astray, I put that down here in my book in large, bold letters. You know, I am disconnected from my higher power. So... You know, what it tells me in here is that I need to clear away the wreckage of my past so that I can be connected and that uh, I can live a fuller life. And for me today, if I'm irritated and I maybe I'm, and if I'm sarcastic with someone, which is one of my character defects, I cannot, I have to take care of it. I have to take care of it. And so I call somebody. I don't want to always take care of it. I don't want to always, you know, uh, make an amends. But I have to if I want to be open to begin to live a fuller life and to stay that way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deanna B. Okay, who would like to share on the second paragraph that Deanna just read? Katie from Boston. Larry. Katie B. Larry K. Tina F. Tina F. Kim G. Kim G. 
Anyone else? Okay, this is Bella. Can I share? Sure. I have Bella. Anyone else? Okay, let's start with that group. Katie G, Larry K, Tina S, Kim G, and Bella. I think your last initial is A. Uh, please go ahead, Katie. Hey, Kathy. Thanks so much for your service. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Awesome. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. Doing it with you guys one more day. And um, this is just a miracle, right? This is this is where the money is, guys. This is the good drugs. Why? Because I always thought it was everybody else's fault. Um and, uh, you know, and to really get down to my responsibility. And I don't say my part, and I know it works for some people, but when I say my part of a situation, my truth is that I'm blaming you. <laughs> because I'm like, well, my part is like half. No, excuse me, my part is like a quarter, and you've got three quarters. So I try and work on for me, what is my responsibility? And uh, my responsibility is that I'm disturbed. And ultimately, if I don't address it, eating is going to be a step up. That is the connection that my sponsor made for me. And what I find to be the most helpful is to have very clear definitions of what does it mean to be selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid. And um, as a previous speaker said, um, we are developing the, the spiritual muscles to do our 10th step. And then if we have any other cleanup on um, my formal written 11. And, you know, where am I selfish? I want things my way. I want things my way now. I want you to do what I want you to do now. I want it now, okay? And then the lie is that it's your fault that I feel this way, that I'm a victim, that I don't do what you do, that I'm better than you. Um, and the truth is I'm not better than you. The truth is God gave us all free will. And maybe you do like me, maybe you don't like me, but you're allowed to make the choice. And even if you don't like me, what's my responsibility to be kind anyway? <clears throat> And my self-seeking behaviors, I'm pissy, I judge you internally, I find you guilty, I character assassinate about you, I gossip, I'm manipulative, I recently have, I'm going through the work around my controlling and obsession, and I, I discovered, guys, I manipulate, oh my gosh, KDG from Boston, and I'm selfish. Guess what, guys? I want to control and dominate people. I want to be in possession of people. I want you to communicate on my time frame and do on my time frame and be on my time frame so that I feel okay. And when you don't, my self-seeking behavior is I criticize, I character assassinate, and I try and control you. And guess what? Hub Stibby doesn't like it when I tell him to open his eyes when I talk to him. You know why? Because he's a grown man. And what am I afraid of? Being inferior, being abandoned, being rejected, not getting what I want. And I'll just close with saying this work, it doesn't necessarily make me feel better, but it makes me feel better. And to see where I'm wrong and then ask God to remove it and direct my attention to who he would have me be, which for today is shutting my mouth because my time's up and helping others. Because that's my primary purpose, guys, to stay clean and sober and help another woman today. And that, with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Um, Larry K., please go ahead. Hi, Kathy. Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. So, 
here it's saying, you know, on our grudge list, we, we list opposite uh, each name, our injuries. It talks about self-esteem, our security, ambitions, our personal or sex relations, which have been interfered with. Okay, self-esteem, you know, that's, that's how we view ourselves. Our pocketbook is, is money or material possessions. Ambitions are, are merely what we want uh, to happen in the future. And security is our, is our general sense of, of personal well-being. So there's going to be financial security, emotional security, and personal relationships. Am I getting along with others? Um, and, and these are merely checked off, you know, and, and you know, boring. I mean, I, I mean, for a guy like me, I, I'll talk concepts and analyze stuff all day long. But when I have to get down to this sort of work, it wasn't, it wasn't um, very interesting to me. Um, you know, remember columns one, two, and four, okay, do not require long explanations. So these ones we're going to check off, um, these, you know, these, these, these few things here. But the, the other columns, uh, you know, they don't require long explanations. They should be brief bullet statements to kind of jog your memory about the facts when, you, when you're going to share them in the fifth step. Then, then you'll bring it into greater detail. And the key for me here was that, you know, I have some instincts here. I have a social instinct. I have a security instinct. I have a sex instinct. And they're needed for me to, to adapt and survive in my world. They're good. So some may even suggest they're God-given. Yet I use them beyond the manner in which they were intended. And that's where I got into trouble. I use these for selfish aims. And, and, and they cause problems for me and, and those around me. So, you know, for example, the social instinct, um, you know, used incorrectly, you know, that and then I would manipulate others at work, let's say, to get a result that I wanted. And of course, you know, they would become resentful and retaliate. You know, the sex instinct to get more of my needs met at your expense, I'll end up causing harm to others. So left to my own devices, I, invariably, I'm going to overdo it with all these instinctual areas, and this is going to create continual conflict with others. So, you know, the four-step focuses directly on zeroing in on these things, my resentments, my fears, my harms done to others. So it's going to allow me to pinpoint my misdirected instincts to get to the root causes. That's what it is today. With a clear mind today, I understand that we have to go through this process. And uh, you just need someone who's been through it before that can take you through it. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Larry. Um, and Tina S., please go ahead. Thanks, Kathy. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Heard some really good things. You know, this is the, sorry, my um, analogies, uh, meat and potatoes. So, you know, the good news is here today that, you know, I have an opportunity to, to put pen to paper and to really look at this stuff. And, um, you know, and I, it's already been shared. This isn't fun, but it's a must for me, you know. And, and it talks about our grudge list, you know, and, and this actual part of this is the third column of the inventory for the resentments, you know. And, and I, and I got to look at this stuff, and, it, and it's already been said, too, and I really love this because I get to hear it and speak it and really internalize it. But, you know, in the AA 12 and 12, it talks about the three you know, broader categories of our instincts, which are the social, the security, and the sex. And these are parts of those, which, you know, I'm glad they broke them down for me in here because I, you know, when somebody said social section, um, 
security. I was like, what is that? And so, you know, I can really look at this at, at, a, more, at a deeper scale. And, um, you know, and I'm so grateful for that because, you know, when I come in here, I didn't want to look at me, period. And it's already been said, too. You know, if I'm looking at you, I'm screwed. So, you know, I got a shot when I start putting this stuff down. And, um, you know, it's all about me. It's all about me. And when you have something to do with me and it, it doesn't meet my expectation or my wants or my needs, then I'm angry. I'm burned up. You know, and, um, you know, it, it, what an opportunity, what an opportunity today. And uh, the best thing that I can say is to get this thing done so we can move on to the solution and get through five through nine and, and, uh, and the process, the process. I'm so grateful to be here. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And Kim G., please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, this, this four-step process is so simple, so simple, and we love to complicate it. You know, once again, I, I wrote autobiographies. I remember writing four steps where I write, you know, a, a whole notebook on my ages 1 to 5, and then 6 to 10, and then 11 to 15, trying to discover what my problem is so I could control it and correct it. And that's not at all what it's saying here. So we're making lists. You know, I think of the grocery list I make. You know, when I make a list, I go from the top to the bottom, and I write, well, I need milk, and I need oatmeal, and I need shampoo. But what I, what I would do with the list in the fourth step is say, well, I need milk, and that's because my gosh darn husband forgot to pick it up yesterday, and now I'm going to have to go get it myself. And I need oatmeal because I mean, I'm not longer allowed to eat Pop-Tarts, and it really sucks. Or I need shampoo because I have really oily hair, and I have this coupon, so I better go get the, the shampoo now. That's what I would do. I would overly emotionalize it. So all I'm doing is making a list. The first column is who am I resentful at? Who am I burned up at? Who takes up rent in my head? I'm not trying to, to create problems that aren't there. If something you haven't thought about it in 20 years, it's not blocking you from a higher power. So what you want to do is what's taking up rent in your head now? Because if that thing from 20 years bubbles up, you have a 10th step once you learn the skill set. So what is blocking you now? And the cause is, why are you burned up? You know, and the, and the, the chart's going to show us it's 19 words. So I give my sponsees 20. Because what I will want to do is say I'm resentful at my mother, and the cause is because she treats me like a child. Well, what I want to write down is I'm going to prove to you how she did that. I'm going to give you 500 examples of how this woman treats me like a child. And what happens is I get emotionalized and charged up and angry and and then I want to eat. So it's very simple. I do the list of whom I'm resentful at. I take a break. I sit down. I write down why I'm angry in very simple forms. And then the third column, I'm just acknowledging how does it affect me? How does that behavior the other person how does it jam me up? Where am I getting charged up over that? I'm not writing about how they affected my self-esteem, how they affected my security, how they affected my ambitions. I'm acknowledging, yep, it does. And I'm starting to see that the world and its people dominate us. No wonder I can't get comfortable abstinence because my mind is locked in on these things. So this is not an emotional thing. This is not about figuring it out. It's very simple. And when it says a thorough inventory, the closer I do this exact directions and don't deviate, the more likely you're going to get the result that the big book has. The same way, if you follow a recipe, specifically, you'll get the specific result that the recipe told you. And with that, I pass.
Thank you, Kim G. And um, Bella G, please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. On our good list, wow, this is the beginning for me, for the freedom, for the peaceful life. You know, the good list, it's, you know, it's the way to take out from my chest, from my inside, all, all those blockages that, block, that were blocking my connection with the higher power. And this is why the list, you don't do step one. You don't do step two. First, you build a connection with a higher power that loves you, that accepts you. And, you know, it was like, yes, I am human. I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. And there is no reason, you know, to, to be angry and upset on myself and other people. You know, the, the, the first time that I did this list, it was for me, wow, thank you, God, that I have the opportunity to take out all my resentments, all my fear that for so long I was so much afraid to talk about them, to, 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 be, to accept that I have them. For me to do this list is the peaceful, the, the freedom to be aware that I am powerless. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Who else would like to share on the second paragraph? To share. Leah D. Rachel W. Okay.
although we know the crux of our problem, you know, the food was but a symptom, but the reality is that um, these are the, you know, this is the reason why I kept going back to the food and why the diet programs worked for only a short period of time. So for me, um, I just have to go back to the idea that although I need a plan of eating and I need to know what are the foods that are going to bring me back to disease and abstain from them, uh, the, the greater aspect of my disease, the mental obsession, is what I'm treating with the fourth step. So when I think of that, then I realize that there's a reason I'm doing it and that this process is going to bring me to a very, very healthy place. That, you know, in nursing I learned about being holistic. You know, I want well-being in every aspect, you know, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and that's really what the program offers us when we use it in its entirety. And so um, I guess for me, um, you know, they say we're as sick as our secrets. Um, it's not what I'm talking about that's going to get me sick. It's what I don't talk about. And that's why I think this is such an important piece of this part of our program and that we really do need to learn the skill set of doing it and not look at it as uh, – I think the most important thing is to have compassion for myself when I do it, that I'm not doing it to punish myself. I'm doing it so I can get better, get healthier. And I think that's a very important piece because this little girl is all about shame, should have already mastered everything. So instead of looking at it as, oh, my God, I'm bad, it's like, oh, my gosh, I've been sick, and now I have a way to heal. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. And just a reminder, uh, we are sharing on the second paragraph that was read this morning, which is on the top of page 65, beginning on our grudge list. And uh, Leah B., please go ahead. Good morning, and it's Leah D. like David. Oh, sorry. Um, that's okay. My name is Leah D. I'm a compulsive eater, and I just want to share that I kept clicking in yesterday and didn't know anyone heard me because I kept doing star six, not star one. Oh, well, God was in charge. What I really wanted to share yesterday and today is the same thing. This is a magnanimous job. It's huge. And for me, I, I, I hear all of you with so much recovery. And all I want to say is it takes a lot of work to get where you are. You know, when I was a child growing up, there was no one taught me all these words. What does it mean? Self-esteem, security, ambition, personal relationships. It's all jumbled up, you know. And I'm still learning by definition to define them before I can even figure them out. You know, I'm pitching for the newcomer, for the person who listens and says, what do you want me to do? How am I going to get there? I'm so lucky that my guide lets me keep saying, could you repeat that again? Could you say it slower? I mean, this is the crux of the beginning of the light coming in. But I know for me, I didn't have a mother who taught me. I didn't have gentleness. I had all the reasons why I overate. And I'm 60 some odd years old today. Don't feel it. But those things are still there. I'm all stuffed up. 
I didn't know a feeling from a flinky when I walked into these rooms 42 years ago. And I'm a chronic relapse, so I didn't know. I didn't know I was jealous. I didn't know I was angry. I didn't know any of it. All I know is I couldn't stop eating. And I'm just pitching for the newcomer and for the old comers for gentleness today. Explain the words. Define the words. Help me really look at it. When I'm doing my resentment list, what is exactly a resentment? What does it make me feel like? And I just know that that's helping me, and I know it could help others, because if I tuned in to the first time and heard this meeting, and you guys have it so together and I want what you have, I'd run away. How do I do that? It's, it's a lifetime process to learn to undo what was done to us. And gentleness is the key. And say to the sponsees, do you know what the word means? And let them say, I don't know. And then let's define it. What does it mean, a grudge? What does it mean when I have all these different things that I'm working on in this inventory? And I'm grateful that I can share this here and hear you every morning. And you're my shot of living. I get a good shot every morning. And, I, and I'm learning. I'm a good student. I wasn't a good student my whole life. I was too fat. I was too wrapped up in the pain I didn't even know I had. And this is helping me unwrap this gift to go on and to live my life the way God wants. And I'm grateful. So my pitch today is for gentleness, explanation, and the dictionary. Thank you for letting me share with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Leah D. And Rachel W., please go ahead. Good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. Um, so it's telling us here that we set aside each name or injuries. And what came up for me here is the importance of being abstinent while doing this step. And I, I have become abstinent doing the steps, meaning I, I, I've done this while I was in the food, you know, taking these steps while I was in the food, and they did get me abstinent for years, you know. Um, but but it doesn't compare with the experience of having the food down and really being able to see clearly, you know, what those injuries are and what my feelings are. And, um, you know, I, I just want to, you know, also say that... At Call Shane Michelle. I'm sorry? Oh, I'm muted. <laughs> okay, I just want to also say at this point how, how important it is. You know, step four, step four is kind of the easy part. It's really when we give this stuff over, like, do we, are we that brave? Are we willing to dig that deep? Are we willing to go deep into, you know, what was affected, our self-esteem, security, ambitions, personal or sex relations? Like, are we really, you know, going to put the pedal to the metal and just dig deep and really excavate all of this out of our past? Because anyone doing this for the first time, I'm telling you, I'm sitting here like scarred and bloody and, you know, I learned from experience that the more honest you can be in this step with yourself and writing it out and and doing this with your higher power, we do this with our higher power. We can't forget about the steps we've just taken, but our higher power, the willingness we have to do the work. And here we are in step four with our higher power guiding us and, and digging that deep and excavating into these issues and then giving them over. Giving them over is the harder part. Giving them over and being totally honest with another human being, but also understanding, like, I realize, you know, that there's nothing I've done that hasn't been done before. You know, I'm not that special. You know, all, all the stuff that I've ever done, um, you know, it wasn't unique. <laughs> and, um, and I was, you know, I'm just so grateful to have 
I've been able to have someone who's walked this path before me to show me that this is a, such a, a big part of the process is to, is to see myself clearly while I'm abstinent, to be able to see my issues, to be able to excavate deeply and honestly, to get it all out so I can get on, you know, with the recovery. And I, I love the message of self-compassion that, you know, these things were working for me, but they're not working anymore. I thought they were working, but they're not. And there is another way of living, that this is just a, a, an essential part of the entire process. So I'm so grateful for this program. I'm so grateful for all of you on the line doing it, you know, one more day. And I'm doing it with you, as uh, Katie always says. And um, and I just want to wish everyone to have a great to have a great day. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rachel W. Uh, and just a gentle reminder to make sure you're muted. We've had some echoing going on, which usually means one or more people are not muted. And that's star one. Okay, Gail T. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. And uh, this is Gail T. in Central Texas. I'm, I'm like in a wow situation where I want to talk about justifiable anger. Justifiable anger is like victims of the Holocaust or Rwanda or someone who was sexually abused or any kind of abuse or when there's adultery. You know, there's a lot of agreement about those things that are wrong. And when I held some of those um, and and I've sponsored people with those kind of justifiable angers. And that's what we're talking about in self selfishness and self-seeking. And in the serenity prayer where it says, God, help me be... Now I can't even think of the serenity prayer because I'm a little nervous. But anyway, the serenity of how we come to the serenity of this program is to understand that even when there is agreement about justifiable things, we need to look at it at a different way. And I don't think that's really explained fully online so far. We just talk about selfish. Like, I want it this way. I didn't want it that way. But there are things that are wrong, you know, that have, were really damaging, and yet we need to, to look at it in a different way and let go. And from my personal experience, when I, and, and there were things that I held on to for a very, 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 very long time. And when I was able to understand how I was creating my own demise with justifiable anger, I was able to let it go. And I am really happy and I'm free and I am joyous. So. Um, with that, I pass. Thank you, Gail T. And Nessa R., please go ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., covered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, the purpose of step four is not for me to convince my sponsor that I am right that I've been hard, by, hard done by and that I have a difficult life uh, for her to give me her sympathy or even better, to give me the solution, you know, the magical answer that will uh, enable me to fix 
everything and everyone so I can get what I want and I can be happy. The purpose of step four is so that I can look at myself and how I am the manufacturer of my own misery, how my troubles are of my own making. And this paragraph talks about column three in the chart, um, which is the very first column where we actually start looking at ourselves and I start seeing myself instead of seeing what the other person has done wrong. And, you know, the Bill was very clever when he laid this out in chart form and laid out his instructions. Um, because the reason why we do step four in chart form, the reason why we go column by column, you know, first column one, just column two, and then column three instead of row by row, is to gently move us away, move me away and my mindset and my perspective from the other person and put the spotlight on me. Um, you know, so I'm not really mad at other people or institutions or principles and I'm not even really mad because of what they did. I'm really mad because of how they affected me, how all that affected me and then later on you know, on page 67, we're going to uh, start reading about the column four, which is, you know, which is the, the prize, you know, my defects of character, my part in it. And they will see that I'm not, um, I'm not resentful because of the other people or what they did or how it affected me. I'm resentful because I am selfish, dishonest, self-seeking and, and frightened. And so this is a very clever progression because it's not about them. It's about me and my perceptions and my reactions. Um, and this is the, the, the really, really the first step in that process of, of learning to look at myself, to truly see what my part, in it, my part in it is so I can clean it up. You know, this is where I begin to take responsibility, which is very empowering because I'm no longer at the mercy of other people and events and circumstances. You know, it shows me that if I can, you know, gain a different attitude and a different perspective and a different thought process, then my life is going to be different. And, you know, I'm so grateful um, for having gone through that process that has taught me so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. And um, Monica T., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So we're in the chapter, How It Works. And the big book here is giving us very explicit, simple directions on how to get started on our four-step inventory. And we've been told that this is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It's not about judging. Keep it simple, Monica. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Keep it short and simple, Monica, is what I was told. So we've read how we're going to do our first thing is our list. We're going to write it on paper those people that we are resentful for. And I gave you a whole bunch of words the other day of, of um, different words you could use instead of anger or angry. Anyway, so I've written the first column, the names. And then here it says, on our grudge list, we set, and what's grudge? Our deep-seated resentments or ill will. We set opposite each name our injuries. 
I take that as the second column, the cause. Why is that person on my list? This is short, sweet, and simple. You know, you called me a name. You stole my boyfriend. And I was told to keep my causes seven words or less. That if I tried to go any further than that, I was trying to justify something here. And this is not about justification. This is just the facts, Monica, just the facts. And so I went through and did all the causes. And then I was told to come back and do the third column. What is this third column all about? You know, affects my what? Well, as human beings, we are born with basic instincts to help us survive. And these basic instincts are social, sex, and security. You know, we need other people. We need sex to reproduce. And we need security, we need food, we need roofs over our heads, we need money, you know, these things. So on this column, I'm going to look at how this cause has affected me. You know, how has what they did to me affected me? And in doing this, this third column, it is slowly... um, Um, getting me, there's starting to be a change here. What's happening here? I am, uh, instead of focusing on them, I'm starting to turn this a little bit and look at me. So this is a starting point of starting to look at things differently. So this is all we need to do. Comes one, two, three right now. And this is very simple. The big book is going to tell us in the next pages how we're going to continue doing this inventory. So keep it simple. It's very easy. Follow the directions. And like was said, when you're reading, doing these causes, short, sweet, and simple, and don't let your brain go where it wants to take you. Just keep moving on to the next person because it is going to bring up things. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. I was uh, uh, muted. Okay, Sue G., please go ahead. Thank you. This is Sue G. from Michigan. Um, something that I did not learn for a long time during the, re- during the doing the sheet <clears throat> was that I, when I'd hit sex, I'd say, well, not having any, no problem. Um, but I found out that it's it's more than just a physical act. It's the intimacy. It's it's what we we long for with other people. It can include it can include it can include neighbors, relatives, friends, anybody. So if it affects our intimate relationship, our intimacy, then I get to check them off. And this is the first time uh, a couple months ago. I guess I did step four and. It was explained to me, like that one person said, you know, why doesn't somebody explain what things mean? Um, my sponsor did explain what things meant to me. And um, the other thing is that um, we put things down so that we can analyze them. We don't want to get into analysis paralysis. But for me, you know, I had to analyze what it doesn't go into uh, my part and I looked ahead to see if they mentioned it, talked about it later, and I don't see where they talk about, you know, my part in it. Um, 
but you know, I always thought, oh, yeah, you know, I'm also not, I'm not selfish about this. I couldn't understand where selfishness came in, and um, you know, when it was explained to me that, that selfishness was wanting things, wanting a person to be different, or wanting a situation to be different, the person to change or the situation to be different. It made it a lot easier to see my part and be able to transfer that over to harm done to others and to take care of my side of the street. Because normally, even if I'm abused, um, emotionally abused, I was never, as far as I know, never physically abused except once. So, um, but I still wanted things to be different or wanted the person to change. And that was my part. And there was there's where I was selfish, um, and that has changed changed my whole life. Has changed my whole program to understand uh, what some of these things mean, so I can do a good a uh, good seventh step, fourth step. I'm sorry, fourth step. And thank you for letting me share. And with that, I I uh, do what we're supposed to do. It passed. Thank you. Thank you, Suji and Rochelle M. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Okay, great. Okay, good morning, everybody. So I just want to connect this up. I want to make an analogy, and, and perhaps it's been done already, but connect this up with the house cleaning and also in this paragraph about we were sore and connect that up with the matters, the worst matters got. Okay, so the analogy goes like this. I cleaned my house, but the garbage is in the house. And it doesn't get taken out. And nobody wants to take it out. And I'm sitting there saying, fuming, and going, you know, that garbage is smelling worse and worse. Somebody should do something about it. Somebody should take it out. Someone should get rid of that garbage. And I just fume and fume and fume. And the garbage keeps smelling worse and worse. So I see this process as Rochelle finally says, you know what? I'll take out the garbage. And you know what? Afterwards, everything is nice and clean. And I can get started. And I feel good. So that I pass. Thank you, Rochelle M. Okay, um, we will move to the next paragraph. I'm not sure how far we'll get, but let's try Alice M. Would you read the list of examples and the paragraph afterward? Thank you, Kathy. This is Alice M. from Florida. We were usually as definite as this example. I'm resentful at Mr. Brown cause his attention to my wife, affects my sex relations and self-esteem, fear. Told my wife of my mistress, affects my self sex relations and self-esteem, fear. Cause Brown may get my job at the office, affects my security and self-esteem, fear. I resent for that Mrs. Jones, because she's a nut. She snubbed me. She committed her husband for drinking. He's my friend. She's a gossip affects my personal relationship, self-esteem, and fear. Resentful at my employer. Cause, unreasonable, unjust, overbearing, threatens to fire me for drinking and padding my expense account. Affects my self-esteem, fear, and security. My wife. The cause, misunderstands and nags, likes Brown, wants house put in her name. Affects my pride, personal, sex relations, security, fear. We went back through our lives, 
Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. And, you know, I think there's the two things, or one thing in here that just totally stands out for me is nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. And I love there's a a special edition um, by Joe M. on this um, fourth step, and I can't recall the date of it. Sorry about that. But she says that, you know, in this first part of the fourth step inventory, we get to formalize our grievances. You know, we just go at it. This is our venting part. You put it all down, all the stuff that's been bugging you about people, institutions, places, ideals, you know, everything. In this first part, that's when you get to just throw it all down there. Later on in that fourth column is when we start, you know, taking it apart and looking at our part in it. But I was told that if I had a very tiny fourth step, a little, you know, one-eighth inch or something, I had not been thorough and honest enough. And there's lots of different ideas on this. Some people say you put down just, you know, the growth or handicaps, you know, 20 things and that's it. And then other people will say you go back as far as you can remember and make it thorough and honest because that's what it says. So we can interpret this all different ways. You know, there's there's not one way of one right way of doing this. You know, the 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 whole goal is to get at our exact the exact nature of our wrongs. Um, and um, you know, and there's there's another wonderful in my opinion, um, special edition by, by Lori C., September 8, 2013, who goes over this four-step inventory in really great detail, more than we can do on this, on this line here. And it's just always good to get different perspectives. Um, so, again, this is just, you know, our, the step four is, is that we search honestly and deeply within ourselves, know our exact nature, you know, of our actions, our thoughts, and our emotions. And in this, this is our first inventory, this first, you know, this fourth step. Um, this is where we begin doing it, you know, by, and the first thing we do is we air our grievances. And so, like someone else said before, you know, this part, I was like watering at the mouth. You know, now I got to put everything down that was bugging me. Um, and I think that was very important for me to be very thorough and honest. And I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. And, uh, Charles, we have one minute. Would you like to take it? Yeah, I'm gonna take it real quick because I ain't. I don't need three minutes. Go ahead. So Charles H, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I purposely didn't want to say nothing about because you guys covered that stuff, um, in masterly detail, like my my man Silkworth would say. But one, two, and three is, is is for me is about bitching and complaining. Excuse my language, but because uh, I like when it says on page sixty six, referring back to the list and. We look back at the list because it held the key to, 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 to my recovery, right? Because I need to find out what my part was in it. And, like, you know, when I was in self, self-will, I didn't care about nothing else. But you guys hurt me. And if I think I didn't have any part in this hurt, then I might as well just go back to binging straight up. So, and that's all I wanted to say. Thanks. Thank you, Charles H., Okay, it's now time to close the meeting. Um, Thank you to everyone who has shared.
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing where those who want to can share on what was just read and ask questions about the program of recovery. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Janice M., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, certainly, certainly, certainly. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. So see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, pass.